Hi, it's me again, and I am officially unwell. So no walking about today. Uh, it's not deadly man flu. I think I'm going to pull through. I'm quite sure it's just a cold. But I am. I am not well. So, but anyway, I've got a few stories to get through. I don't do sick days. You see, I've been blooming nearly dead, and I'll still go to work. And I am at the office today. But uh, yeah, also no excuse for phoning in sick from doing this. Hey, so uh, yeah, a few stories to go through. Some of your comments again, and uh, try and keep it under fifteen minutes. Hey, all right. What was the first one I picked out for today? Where is it? Oh yeah, money saving expert forum again. A few good things on there about the TV license lately, and this was an interesting one that I wasn't overly aware of. I thought it was something we could talk about. So this is the question that was posted on money saving expert forum. Hi, yesterday a friend of mine told me she needs a TV license for the newly bought TV for her bedroom. Knowing that she's a lodger, I thought that she doesn't need one because the owners are already paying for it. She showed me that the phrasing on various websites is confusing, blah, blah, blah. So this is a lodger, so renting a room in someone's house, right, and a TV in your own bedroom that you're renting in the house. But the homeowners, the people who live there mainly, have a TV license. So does this person need their own TV license? If you'd have straight asked me that, I'd have said, no, no, the, the property has a TV license. No one's going to come a calling, are they? How's a goon going to know that you're a lodger in that property? So no one's going to come a calling. But is that a truly straight game? Is that how it really is? So it, it, it's not one I've thought of before. So let's have a look. So the official TV licensing website reads, apparently, copy and pasted in here. If you're a lodger and have a relationship with a homeowner who has a valid license, for example, a family member, common law partner, nanny, au pair or housekeeper, you don't need a TV license. You're covered by the homeowner's TV license if they have one, but only if you live in the same building. If you live in self-contained accommodation, such as a separate flat or annex, you need your own separate license. So I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that. You know, even if you like in the annex out the back, unless that annex has its own property, surely it's part of the existing property. And if that's licensed, it's licensed, right? But there's interesting wording in there. So if you're a lodger... <coughs> oh, God, my voice. So if you're a lodger and have a relationship with a homeowner who has a valid license, for example, a family member, common law partner. So a lodger in your property, your property that has a TV license, a valid one that you pay for, because you want one. If you take in a lodger and they put a telly in their bedroom and they're not a relation of yours or an au pair or something or a nanny, they have to pay for a separate TV license for that room. How would that work then? So you're going to have two TV licenses registered at that property. Does that seem completely, completely ridiculous to you? Because it does to me. The property is licensed. What's the problem? And it comes up because you get the uh, the houses of multiple occupation, don't you? The HMOs. And um, if they have to apparently have a license fee for each room in the HMO, which I also think is ridiculous. Tell her to hoover a room or two once a week, then she's a housekeeper. Or the TV belongs to the homeowner, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm always preaching to play a straight game. But if I took it... Oh, I can't take in a lodger. But let's say I was in a position to take in a lodger. Would I... Yeah, 
it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. I'm always preaching play a straight game, but when there's ridiculous rules like that and the property has a license, I mean, no, if the, if the property's license has said no goons are going to come a call in, there's not going to be any letters coming. But I do always preach play a straight game, but it's hard to preach that in this situation, isn't it? I think it's a bit far-fetched for a licensed officer knocking on the door and saying, I know you have a license, but I need to check if you have a lodger who isn't related to you living here. It's a fair comment, isn't it? It's a fair comment. So I'm going to reach out. Let's say I haven't had the chance this morning. I'm going to reach out to TV licensing and ask that question and confirm it. But um, if, you know, if that is, well, I would imagine that is copy and pasted puckily off the, off the TV licensing website. So... It's just another one of those ridiculous situations that crops up from this stupid way of funding a media organisation. Why does it have to be so complicated? It doesn't need to be. All these things, all these scary letters, all the threats of the visits and everything that people have to suffer, just so the BBC can be funded in this manner. Just show ads. Go commercial. You're not scared of showing ads or being commercial. And then all these silly, ridiculous situations don't exist anymore, do they? BBC's government-funded media Twitter tag will be updated. And it did. It did get updated. It now says publicly-funded media, I believe it says on there. So the BBC had a small victory. But did you see the interview? There was an interview. I'm not going to show any clips on it just because of copyright, whatever. I don't want to get into any trouble. But there's an interview with BBC journalist and Elon. And... um. Elon was banned in a few things about about being unbiased and the BBC not fully reporting some stuff that happened with a global health crisis not that long ago. And um, he's saying that the, the government pushed you to broadcast this, the government pushed you to broadcast that. It is in the BBC's licence fee charter that they must broadcast whatever the government tells them to do in times, I forget the wording now, it's times of great crisis or in times of great need, something like that. And what classifies that? Who decides what's great need or great crisis? The government. It is in their charter that they... There's, there's video footage of an old panorama where they were testing out um, an attack on London in a panorama episode. And there was quite a few MPs in there, and quite a few important people in this show doing this mock exercise. And they talked about bringing in the BBC. They talked about using their powers to take over the BBC. They have these powers. It is government funded for that reason. Government control the BBC. David Attenborough earned £3,000 a minute fronting four TV shows last year. So we can't really find out because... David Attenborough is a BBC employee, right? Although it's from BBC Studios. So that's why Gary Lineker gets the highest paid tag, because he is employed, well not employed, he's contracted via the proper BBC that you pay your licence fees to. The whole BBC thing is such a mess. It should not be allowed for them to have commercial companies trading under the BBC name. BBC Studios, BBC Productions Limited, BBC Distribution Limited, UK TV... It's all BBC stuff, and it should not be allowed, should it? But it has said here that Sir David Attenborough reportedly earned over £1.3 million last year. So that's from BBC Studios, because that's who his contract's with. So it's possible still that Lineker earned more than David Attenborough. 
You, know, you may very well not be a fan of David Attenborough, and that's okay. You're allowed to like who you want to like. Do you think that Lineker's work is worth more money than Attenborough's work? Attenborough, who's got a lifetime in the game, an absolute lifetime in it, and just a global, a global uh, reputation for what he does. Do you think that Lineker's talking about football is more valuable than that? Now, of course, that's not all. That's not all Attenborough earned last year because he says here, look, and it's thought that he could have earned even more through his work narrating Apple TV and Netflix shows. Yeah, he's all over the place. He's doing a lot of stuff at the minute, and you know, good for. I don't. I grew up on Attenborough stuff. I had all the books as a kid. I'm, I'm into the whole natural world thing, and um. You know, I would have thought he's worth more than 1.3 million quid. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have thought that? I would have thought that. If if Lineker is earning more from the BBC than David Attenborough, then there's something very wrong with the whole system, isn't there? And it's a shame. It is a shame that Attenborough isn't being paid via the normal pucker BBC so that we could see the numbers and we could see... You know, a lifetime in the game and a global reputation versus two days a week sitting on the sofa with your mates talking about football. Government proposes law to help broadcasters compete with streaming giants. Yeah, the UK's broadcasters have been complaining to the government that they don't play using the same rule book that the streaming giants use. And the government want to bring it all into line. So I won't go on too much about it, but it is there's some interesting points in here. I mean, one of them, look... The, the bill will see the streaming services in the UK brought under a new Ofcom content code for the first time to protect audiences from harmful material, in particular citing misleading health claims. So that's at the top of the article, that's at the top of the press release. They don't want the streaming services to be able to say anything they want without repercussion, which is interesting. That is interesting. And then more of it, they've got to provide subtitles and 80% of the programmes, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the draft bill would also help Welsh language broadcaster S4C by removing geographic restrictions to broaden its reach in the UK. So you'd be able to get more S4C stuff around the UK if that is your cup of tea. The new rules will lift the ban on Channel 4 producing its own content if it chooses to do so. And it will get a new legal duty to consider its long-term sustainability, blah, blah, blah. Because at the moment, Channel 4 isn't allowed by its own remit to make its own TV show, which is odd, isn't it? It's odd. It has to buy them all in. And I don't, I can't think... I don't think it's 100% of the shows have to be bought in from British independence, but there is a percentage, I'm sure, of shows that have to be bought in from British independent production companies. And it's done wonders for the independent production business in the UK. Channel 4, it really does. And they've had some good stuff. I like Channel 4. I'd rather watch Channel 4 than BBC all day long. But, um, yeah, they're going to be allowed to make their own show, so will that fundamentally change Channel 4? That's interesting, because Channel 4 had brilliant shows, didn't like Black Mirror. And then Black Mirror was bought by Netflix. I mean, you can't, it's not going to be on Channel 4 no more, and hasn't been for years. But Channel 4 could have made that themselves and kept the rights to what ended up being a global, a global hit, wouldn't they? Black, I quite like Black Mirror. San Junipero is my favourite episode. If you haven't watched Black Mirror, if you've got Netflix or you access to some way of getting TV shows, 
have a look. Black Mirror San Junipero. So brilliantly written. So it's such a great story. It makes me cry, that one, a bit. Quite like that one. It's a good, good, clever episode. So I've got a few of your comments to go through as well. And some personal stuff. The car is all right. I had a comment about the car, so I'll talk about that in a minute. I think I had a comment about the car. I'm all over the shop today. Yeah, I did have a comment about the car. But yeah, personal stuff. I've got uh, some movement on the new gaff. So they reckon they're going to complete before the end of the month on a new gaff. So hopefully I'll have the keys in my hand for the new gaff by the end of the month. That's exciting. First ever place I've bought. It's been a bit of a drama getting it all sorted out. So I've been on the old IKEA website today trying to find furniture. Because the sofa that I've got in my current place is like a country cottage sofa. I bought it second hand to fit in with the whole country cottage vibe that I had. But I couldn't fit a full dining table in, so I've got some pony little side table that I'm pretending is a dining table. That's fun when you have girls around for dinner, isn't it? They're always like, why is your dining table only that wide? You've seen the size of this place. So yeah, I've got to buy a big posh dining table that I want. Second hand again, obviously, because I'm not a millionaire. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be going to be exciting. And I'll show you around once I finally to finally move in and yesterday i had to get on a bus for the first time in about 20 years to go oh they're inconvenient they are wildly inconvenient keep stopping in all the places i don't want to stop just go on with it take me to where i want to go i don't care about other people and there was a bloke sat next to me who stank of piss absolutely stank of piss he didn't look like the kind of gentleman that would stink of piss but he did stink of piss and then a woman behind me had the most annoying ringtone in the world that was on full volume that went off constantly. Car, when I got my car back from the garage, I just felt so privileged and lucky to be able to afford a car. So I, I didn't learn to drive until late in life. I think I was like 24. Because I lived here in Malden and I worked in Chelmsford. I worked in the orange shop on Chelmsford High Street. Was it the orange shop then on the hotel? I don't know. I'm a, I worked with two different mobile phone companies and I was assistant manager and manager and I was um, trainer for the area and stuff like that. Boy, you all that. But I used to get the, the bus in because after work every day, I'd go for a couple of beers with my mates who also worked in Chelmsford or people I worked with and then I'd normally end up in dinner and then going to a nightclub because I was young and exciting and not old and miserable like I am now. So I didn't need to drive. It wasn't until moved right out to the sticks but uh i decided it's probably time to start driving now car i feel so lucky to have my car right let's get on to your comments hi john i took your advice and play a straight game as you say today i got a goon at my door they didn't even knock they just put a seven days notice through my door with a time and my address only not my name can you help me and where do i stand thanks i did actually type a reply to this in case the person didn't see it but there are they capita have hand delivery goons now they're not always knocking on the door to ask you the questions they do actually hand deliver goon letters now to make it look like a goon popped around to try and scare you it's like a pre precursor scare tactic and um yeah it's just it's just more stupid letters just ignore it same the exact same rules apply they said you got seven days yeah say you got seven days all you want you haven't got seven days don't worry about it. Just ignore it as always. What happened with the wheel bearing, John Boy? Yeah, wheel bearing had to be done. It got really loud. On, it was like a nine-hour drive on the way down from Scotland. and I was getting quite concerned at some point. But, I mean, it was Bank Holiday Monday. It wasn't going to get done, was it? So I had to get home to get it done. 
Yeah, got that done yesterday, and apparently the tracking was out on the front, and I've got a buckled front wheel, and because the tracking was out, it's worn out the inside edge of the tyres, and he recommends that I have two front tyres as well, which I haven't done yet, because I don't think they're that bad. I'm going to get a second opinion on that. But yeah, I had the wheel bearing and the tracking done yesterday. They couldn't do the wheel, so the wheel I've got to get done tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, in Clacton. There's a place there that does it so yeah it did add to the cost of the trip a bit but to be fair the wheel bearing would have gone with or without that wouldn't it and uh yeah the buckled wheel i mean you hit a pothole it's just such is life isn't it but yeah she's all good now she seems to drive a little bit nicer as well so that's what happened how much was the bill it was just over 200 quid i think which i thought was excessive but i try i quite trust that garage and they're right and they give the whole car a full once over for me as well i got it up on the ramp and but yeah, and nothing else, nothing else interesting to report on that. Get rid of these middle-class musicians. They're all from the one-type private schools and that lot with money. You don't get comprehensive schools with that type of music lessons. So this is... I've been talking about BBC needs to scrap off the orchestras and stuff like that. Now, I want to make it clear, I am not in any way, shape or form having a go at the musicians in that. I find musicians of that quality very very impressive having tried to learn the guitar and the piano myself i can it it takes a lot you know you you've got to learn you want to play the violin or you know what's the big bass thing called is it the double bass or some you know some orchestral instrument it takes a lifetime a lifetime of dedication and hard work and in no way am i having a go at those people and I don't, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, all right, there are a lot of private school violinists and that's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But I went to a normal school, not even a good school, I went to a terrible school. And there were people learning the flutes and there were people learning the violin and there was people learning the piano and other posh instruments. I think we even had a trumpeter. So, um, yeah, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree. I think the BBC I want scrapping off the orchestras because i don't think the bbc should be paying for that sort of thing but i have nothing at all against the professional musicians i'd love to be a professional musician i love living in malden i've lived there for 10 years before my husband's job moved us to the midlands and i desperately want to move back again it's my retirement ambition yeah i like malden a lot so i grew up here and then i moved away when i was like 24 25 something like that i moved away and um very rarely come back very rarely came back to Malden I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for I'm working in Malden at the minute but it's changed a lot changed a lot and then like if you pop back for a visit you'll notice that it's changed it's twice the size it was they are putting up houses everywhere you can put up a house at the minute it's crazy and the house prices god no you're much better off in the Midlands I tell you, I mean, I don't know whereabouts you are in the Midlands, but I would imagine wherever you are, the house prices are lower than what they are here. Yeah, before I bought my place down the road a bit, I won't say where. It's a one-bed flat I bought, and it was 160, which is pretty much all you can mortgage on your own, and you still need a massive... You wouldn't believe... I won't tell you the amount I had to put down a deposit, but it's sickening, sickening amount. So I'm not talking like a 5% deposit here. I had to go a lot higher than that. And uh, that's down the road a bit. And that's the, as much as I was able to mortgage on my own. It was 160k. And uh, here, a one-bed flat in one of the new builds in Malden 
£230,000. How the hell does any kid in Essex, you know, get out of renting? I mean, I'm in my 40s and it's taken me this long to get out of renting, to be able to buy. And I'm even then I'm in a pokey little one bed. It's, uh, yeah, it's not a good time if you ever want to buy a house. It's shocking. I just received a letter telling me that they have started an investigation and one of their goons will be visiting my property. I feel sorry for him. Apparently he's been sent from the Preston office, but I live in Cumbria, approximately a two-hour drive. Lol, he's in for a wasted trip as he's coming and he's not getting any answer other than no thanks and door closed. Yeah, I think like that when I get the letters, because the letters that I get come from Cambridge Enforcement Division. That's about two hours from where I am as well. But they're not coming. It's an empty threat. They're not coming. There was ones, there's some letters they send out and it's got a window on the front of the envelope, plastic window, and it, with a little calendar showing through. And it says, will you be in on this date? And when you open it up, it, it implies that they're going to come on this date. It does say they can come on any day, whatever. But it, the letter implies, the, the threat is they're going to come on this date. And I got sent that letter hundreds of times, and I've chased up with as many people as I could. And not one person has ever said they came on that date. You've got nothing to worry about. It's your standard empty threat letter. They ain't showing up. They're just trying to scare you. They don't show up unless they absolutely have to. They like using the scary letters. Oh, yeah, and the last one as well. Look, 70,000. 70,000 subscribers. Crazy. Thank you all so much for subscribing and watching. I can't believe 70,000 people want to subscribe to this Essex-based numpty that talks too much about the TV licence fee. So thank you all so much. I did want to say that. Yeah, mad. And it's pushing like 26 million views as well. It's crazy. Now, I might celebrate by bringing Anita Yo Money. And who was the bloke I used to dress up as? Mr. Fun, that's right, out of retirement and getting them to do another video. I haven't done one of them. I used to have loads of fun with this, didn't I? I might do another one of them. I missed that. If you, haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look on the playlist. I used to put a mop on my head and be the lady from TV licensing. And Mr. Funt was a TV license enforcement officer. I'm going to do some more of them to celebrate my 70,000, I think. Well, I think that about covers it. So, as always, leave your comments below. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I know I've just hit a big number, but, you know, if you're not subscribed, please do maybe consider it. And, uh, yeah, I've got to pop to Tesco's, but I'm not, that's why I'm in the car. I'm not walking. Not today. I am not well enough for walking about. So, yeah, you carry on. Have a nice afternoon. Have a nice weekend. If I don't make a video about it as well, let me know what you're up to. And uh, as always, thanks for watching. Ta-da.